The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeomans. <laughs> Go! Go! Dallas Cowboys! It is a victory Friday here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as Dallas gets win number 12, 27-13 over the Tennessee Titans in week 17 of the NFL season. Welcome in, everybody. Final show of the week. We'll send you into the weekend strong because it's a victory weekend okay. here on okay. Talking Cowboys. We've got Patrick No Sleepwalker today. What oh. time What time did you get in last night? Uh, reasonable hour, 2.30-ish. Yeah, reasonable. Not too bad. It was reasonable. Ooh. Oh, you know what the unreasonable looks like? What was that? 4.30, 5 oh, o'clock. No Which sir. happens. No, yes, sir. No, yes. sir. It so happens. Thankfully, it was a short hop to oh. and from Nashville. It, it's, it's, it gets longer like Philadelphia, for yeah, example. I hate those. New York. New York. Oh. Yeah, that's another one that took <laughs> that Oof. dropped us off here at 4.35. Yeah, so, yeah. it. It was Reasonable. It was reasonable. That's pretty good. Two thirty. Yeah. You think about it after a night game that probably ends at about ten, ten thirty. I'll take it. Feel pretty good I'll about that one. That all day long, yeah, especially nice. if it's with a win. There you go. Right. Yeah. You, you know better than yeah, anyone. Yeah, the play rides yeah. are fun. <laughs> Much better when it's with a win. Yeah, the so. other, uh, the other voice in the room, as you can tell, oh, not yeah. Isaiah Stanback nah, today. Not your boy. Not Isaiah today. He's still down in San Antonio. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, in a little bit. But we've got our friend Barry Church, former <laughs> hey. Cowboys safety, here What's on Talking on? Cowboys. Barry, you got to to watch the game yesterday after a great pregame show. One of the best. Yeah. Fantastic pregame show. How was it? Oh, it was awesome, man. The game was good. The pre- game show was even better. I mean, I don't know what happened. I mean, it's like we missed somebody, but, you know, we got better. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. It was the Ewing effect. You, <laughs> you miss your best player, and, and, and then, then, it gets, uh, then it everybody gets, else got to step their game up, Got to right? step the yeah. game up. That's how it works. Got to step it up. But uh, excited to have you on. First yeah. time on Talking Cowboys, right? This is Yeah, yeah, because, well, no, no, we did the little switch. The switcheroo, yeah, and you were on, on at that point. Yep. That's right. That's good it, point. Though. But good. Uh, good to have you on. Thanks that for filling in for Isaiah. That hoodie is flames, man. It's the one that McCarthy was wearing on on the Jeez, sideline last oh night. But, uh, but man, 20... You got, you got it like that? As soon as you see it... Uh, uh, yeah, the they just shipped just it like, right to me. You're yeah. like, yeah, give me that. Right Reserved now. that for Kyle. Overnight. They actually brought it to the TV studio. I, yeah. I, I, I typed in a, a... Or I pressed the button under yeah. my chair, and they just brought exactly. it to me. Believe That's it. what I it was. That. Believe yep. it. <laughs> While you were being bathed. Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to talk about the game, and you're just talking about this hoodie. Oh, that was a classic. That was a classic. Oh, goodness. 27-13, the final score. Cowboys on top of the Titans. It wasn't pretty all the way through, but as Dak Prescott said last night, a win is a win. And the Cowboys do get to 12-4, and matching their win total from last year. Patrick on site at Nissan Stadium. Was it as physical there as it looked on television? Because... It was a pretty physical, gritty, nasty, mm-hmm. sloppy game from kickoff onward. It, it absolutely was, and, and we talked about it ahead of the game. That's that's the kind of football you expect from a team coached by Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you just knew going in that regardless of the fact that, you know, 
uh, technically, well, not necessarily technically, but hypothetically, they're waving the white flag with starting Joshua Dobbs over Malik Phil, uh, Malik Willis, uh, you know, resting Derrick Henry, resting guys like Danico Altry. I mean, still, whomever was going to play on that field in the Titans uniform was going to bring physicality, oh, was yeah. going to try to punch you in the mouth. And that's what the Cowboys saw. And, and unfortunately, um, from a quick news and note standpoint, the Cowboys are running additional tests on center Tyler Biadish, uh <sighs> this morning, hope for, hoping for the best. But I will say a little bit of op- optimism there. If you go back and listen to what Dak said in his press conference, Dak wouldn't give any any details on it, but he said that what Biadish told him after he came back out wearing the boot was positive. So hopefully whatever that news was carries over because the Cowboys uh, can't necessarily afford to lose Biotis. He he leveled up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely physical. Cowboys got banged around. Titans got banged around. They, you know, they lost a guy in Tart. Um, it was raining unexpectedly. Mm. Unexpectedly, <laughs> right. That wasn't in the forecast, but it happened. It was it was a good old-fashioned football game. Oh, yeah. Right? It was December. It was chilly. It was raining. And guys were getting after it on both sides of the ball. Um, but the Cowboys, hey, you know, don't apologize for wins. No, not at all. Yeah, you just don't. Yeah, man, you know, it's <clears> – when I, when I looked at that game, when I watched that game the other day, it just – it was extremely physical. Like you said, you talked about Vrabel and what he brings to the table defensively and offensively. And, you know, I thought they had a good game plan going against the Cowboys. You know, I felt like, you know, Joshua Dobbs, he surprised me a little bit because a lot of those passes, they were on the mark. They were dropped. He had a lot of drops yeah, on the Tennessee yeah, side. But I felt like he came in and he, he played pretty well. Um, but when you talk about the Cowboys, you know, I just – this is December football. This is Mm -hmm. December football, and this is the time where, you know, things should start clicking in the right direction. Things should start, you know, you should start getting more healthy. You should start getting more consistent offensively, defensively, all phases of the game. You should start getting more consistent. But I just keep seeing a lot of inconsistencies when I look at this team. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at it, the turnovers – we got to be able to figure this out. I mean, I understand that first interception was not Dak's fault at all. Excuse me. But that was, you know, bumped off a hender shot and all that good stuff. But the, the botch snap. You know the pick, the pick uh, before halftime. These are things that we've got to clean up offensively because you're not going to be once you get into the playoffs. You're not going to be going against you know a Josh Dobbs led Tennessee Titans. You know nope. you're not going to be going That's against facts. Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. Science. You're gonna go against guys that are proven and then will make you pay for these turnovers. So to me, there's something that we have to clean up overall defensively. I thought they played you know a little bit better. You know especially with the circumstances going against you know a team resting a lot of players. I felt like they played a little bit better, but I still. I still want to see more out of that pass rush. Yeah. I still would love to see more. I mean, that was the strength of this team and this defense going into the season. It was the waves and waves upon pass rushers they can throw at you. And right now, I don't know, you know, if it's fatigue on that side of the football or whatever the case may be, but guys aren't winning their one-on-ones. I mean, we understand Parsons is going to get a lot of the attention. He's going to get double teamed. We understand that. But the thing that made that D-line great was that guys were taking advantage of one-on-ones. And right now, I'm just not seeing that. I'm not seeing that from this defense right and now. And you've got to finish those one-on-ones too because if you win your battle you got to get to the quarterback credit to Josh Dobbs he avoided three or four sacks last night just based off of using his legs working out wide there were a couple times especially late in the game the interception on Nashawn Wright Sam Williams and Micah Parsons were both at the quarterback and he stepped up into it and just barely escaped that one and it turned into a turnover because the pressure was there from a pass rush standpoint I'll start on the defensive side of the football because that's where I think you played your best football last night was yeah. defensively. Agreed. 13 points allowed, the two field goals early, both of which coming off of turnovers and short fields. So really it's only one drive you allowed in this entire game, which is what you expect 
against Tennessee and Joshua Dobbs and a, a banged up offensive line that struggled at times. But at the at the end of the day, like you said, this isn't a team that's going to go to the playoffs and make a run. They may make the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to make a run. I don't. Think and if so. they do, it's going to be on the back of twenty-two, Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be off of Josh Dobbs. Right. This was a frustrating game because you didn't put them away the the way that you anticipated putting them away. But at the same time, you got a two score win. You just didn't do it in the the pretty fashion that you would anticipate. Uh, agreed, and and I agree in the aspect of the defense having the better game and being a large part uh, of why the Cowboys were able to avoid, or I should say, make good or make better on the mistakes they made in the second quarter. I mean, it was a disastrous second quarter. You oh, talk yeah. about the bad snap and the the tip drill interception off Hendershot's chest, and then the the interception that was one hundred percent accountable to Dak Prescott because you can't make that throw can't and if you going to make that throw, that throw better be exactly where it where it needs to be as opposed to on the back shoulder of Schultz, which helped Kevin Byer get his second of the day. But, I mean, you know, kudos to this defense because although we, we I think we've become so accustomed, and, and rightfully so, it's not a bad thing, but we've become so accustomed to them being able to get after the passer um, that we want to see the sack totals continue to rack up, you know, four, five, six a game. Uh, and they did get two a game, but it's and one of them was a strip sack. And one of them was yeah. a strip sack. Oh, yeah. uh, and shouts out to Dante Fowler for that strip sack. Um, but they also had ten quarterback hits, so they were yeah getting, they, they got yeah there. they were getting yeah. hands on Josh Dobbs. They were disrupting him, uh, and they showed that while Josh Dobbs and tons of credit to the young man because uh, he had some dots. He had some dots. He did. Whether they were caught or not caught, he had some dots he out did. there. Um, but the Cowboys and Dan Quinn were also able to rattle him often. He he was erratic under pressure. Um, so the Cowboys pass rush did more than enough. But the question becomes, as we go into the playoffs, what happens when you go up against a Jalen Hurts who's not so easily rattled with just a quarterback hurry? Like you're going to have to get him to the ground who has speed and strength to escape those those sacks like we saw uh, Trevor Lawrence escape mm-hmm. sacks in Jacksonville. So for the Cowboys, I like what I saw as far as the, the ability to get in the backfield consistently against the Titans. Uh, but you're going to have to bring these these quarterbacks down. Uh, so two sacks, it worked. Two sacks, ten quarterback hits, it worked. Disruptions are always as valuable as sacks, if not more so. Um, but and when you're talking about the Josh Allens, the Jalen Hurts of the world, the Patrick Mahomes of the world, uh, you are going to have to ratchet that up. Two of those three quarterbacks were in the AFC. I just wanted to know. Oh yeah, that they, they don't ask that. I, I just want to <laughs> say that, that that's was not by accident. I know it wasn't. I'm looking right at you. <laughs> yeah, right, it wasn't know, by accident. I know what you're trying to lead on here. You're putting up what I'm throwing. You're putting up what I'm throwing down. But it's it's true though. You got to get to the guys and and finish the job. But how tough is it to do so as a defender? I mean, we even saw Deron Bland last night, and he came in as a corner on a blitz, nearly had a sack, which would have been great. Yeah. He came mm-hmm. a couple times. I like to see that too. Oh, yeah. I like to see. You like that? Medicine. I love it, man. I love it. Now, but, why? I wonder why. Four <laughs> two. I wonder why you like this. Just inflicting punishment. You, you gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. <laughs> but how tough is it to actually bring a guy to the ground? Is it just second nature by this point for these guys on that side of the ball? Well, nowadays it's extremely tough. I mean, yeah. when I was playing, you, you could you can plant a guy in the ground, lay on him. You could do all that good stuff, and they wouldn't throw a flag. Now it seems like you could wrap the guy up, put him down on a pillow, you know, read them a night story, and they're still going to throw a flag on you. I just, I don't understand it. Some of these flags are just, even the one that Tennessee got, I think it was on a third down, right, when they when they hit Dak Prescott? Yeah, and they yeah. Put the rough in the past. The rough in the past. I'm like, the, the man hit him. It, granted, it was a violent hit, but we play a violent sport. He hit the guy, had his hands up like this while he's falling towards the ground. What do you want the man to do? 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? I understand to help the Cowboys out, but what do you want the man to do out there? You want him to hit him, defy physics, and roll off? Like it's, to me, it, it's 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 I don't understand how these players do it nowadays, especially bringing guys down. Because if you do bring them down in a certain fashion, not only do you get the penalty, but you also may get a fine. So it's like, right. man, where, where do you go defensively to bring these guys down? It's a tough scenario that they got, and we see it now and then where guys will come in, they'll kind of soft wrap them up, and the quarterback will get rid of the football, and you're like, man, well, what am I supposed to do? Happened with that multiple the, times. If I bring yeah. him down on the yeah. ground, he's, he's, I mean, you're going to throw the flag on me. So it's tough for defenders all around, man. Yeah, we talked about that specifically specifically last week when we said you have to wonder if there's a correlation between the way the game is being legislated for roughing the passer versus the what seems to be a rash of escaped uh, would-be sacks from mm-hmm. all teams. You looked at the Jacksonville Jaguars. There were a couple of times they had Trevor Lawrence dead to rights, and I mean wrapped up dead mm-hmm. to rights. And he escaped, but if you go back and look, it's because – the defender might have let up. Carlos Watkins in, was one. Even even Dallas in that game, even too. Dallas, right. I mean, they there was Dak one where Dak up. was wrapped Dak up. Was, he still standing because the defender draped around his waist, didn't follow him to the ground, and it was a conversion to Michael Gallup. So I, don't, I agree with you one million percent. I do not like how the game is being officiated in that aspect. Other, I mean, are you going to put some flags on them or not? Like, what are we doing here? But I will also say that it felt good to see Dak Prescott be the beneficiary of that legislation for once. So often he isn't. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to, you know, call the game that way across the league, make sure that Dak Prescott gets his fair share as well. And I 100% believe that it, it depends on the quarterback. Because you see the one where Josh Dobbs got hit and by Micah and, and Micah and Bland kind of yeah. put him down. Ain't no call. So mm. I definitely believe it, it, it's it comes down to the quarterback. We seen the one with Tom Brady. He gets oh, wrapped yeah. up and put down on the pillow. Oh, yeah. Throw that flag. You can't put that man on the ground. Oh, yeah. so, that so, man's forty five. <laughs> you can't do that. You cannot do that. So I one hundred percent believe it depends on the quarterback to where these flags are coming. Yeah, Dobbs from. isn't going to get the call no. that Mahomes would get. Uh-huh. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. <laughs> No, no, not at all. Now, how do you feel like the secondary played yesterday, BC, when you looked at it? Because Nashawn Wright, significant snaps, even oh, got yeah. banged up a little bit, but he returned, had his first career pick. A couple plays were good. Then he also got beat on the one play to McMath down the right sideline where he was just purely blown coverage yeah, yeah. in that regard. But uh, overall, grand scheme of things, what did you think about the secondary? Look, uh, I'm going to be honest, man. I, I felt like the secondary played really well. Okay. Um, like, I, I understand, you know, they gave up a couple passes, and you're going to get that with young players out there. And kudos to, you know, Joe Witt Jr. and, and Al Harris Jr. or Al Harris. What they're able to do with these young guys is it's unprecedented. You got a guy in Deron Bland, who was a fifth-round pick out there. Yep. You throw him into the fire, and I understand the guy has, you know, a talent out there, but you got to be coachable as well. And these guys, I mean, to play the nickel position as well as he's playing, I mean, it's outstanding to understand the instincts of it and the ins and outs zone versus man-to-man coverage being able to come up there and fit in the run game, you got to be extremely coachable, and these guys are doing that for these young players. And then you look at Nation, right? No Sean, Nation, Nation, Nation. I always yeah. pronounce Nation. it crazy. Right? I'm gonna just call him right. Right. There you uh, go. There, can't, right. can't go wrong. You can't. Him right. There it is. Hey. I like what you did right. That's I like good. But they throw him into the fire because of the struggles of Kelvin Joseph out there, and and the guy is just he just picks it up. He just gets it. I mean, you you see that length at the cornerback position. What he's able to do, pressing guys, kind of keeping them out of arm's length. He was able to get the takeaway as well so kudos to the coaching staff and this young secondary overall they're making plays out there they're not a liability like I thought they might be I mean I understand we lost what two of our top three corners out there for the season 
And I thought for sure, you know, this secondary was going to get picked apart. And it was early on with Kelvin Joseph. But these guys are seemingly coming into their own. They're growing up. We understand what Deron Bland brings. I think he should be defensive rookie of the year, at least Ooh, in the discussion of I'm it. Saying. Man, that dude is balling. Read Science Lab from last week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you you know will see why. There's evidence in there to support Barry's point. I'm telling you, the guy's playing outstanding. Nation right out there as well. That three safety, that three safety monster that they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that these coaches are getting the most out of these players, it's remarkable. And I feel like that secondary, it's it's very beneficial to have um, those guys in the back end. I'd like to touch on uh, Barry's point again. I, I love to, to see the cornerback position starting to come together in the absence of Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown. Uh, I can't say enough about Deron Bland, and, you know, I said it jokingly, but seriously, go look at last week's uh, edition of the Science Lab, and I make a case for why Deron Bland should be in the Defensive Rookie of the Year conversation. The numbers are there, ladies and gentlemen. He's actually topping Sauce Gardner in several mm. categories, as well as other uh, talented cornerbacks that came out this season, this offseason. Um, but you look at Deron Bland being able to step in and be an immediate impact. Right. So then the question became, after you lost Anthony Brown, who, who's it going to be? Yeah. On the practice squad, you got Kendall Sheffield, who we haven't seen yet. You signed McKenzie Alexander, saw him last week, but not this week. Um, you claim Trayvon Mullen. He's been inactive both of these weeks. Cowboys are really leaning on this on this youth. So it, it really was Kelvin Joseph time. It was Kevin, Kelvin Joseph season, time. right? Former second-round pick. You're in your second year. This is this is what they drafted you for. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't perform well. You know, you can point at the, the 14 points he allowed in Jacksonville that ultimately led to him not getting any defensive snaps uh, against um, the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Eve. Uh, and the only defensive snap, if I'm not mistaken, one or two, was when Nashawn Wright left the game with injury yeah. against the Tennessee Titans. Um, but Nashawn Wright... Right, the more reps he he's getting, he's taking advantage of this. Yes. Like he's he's doing the opposite of what what Joseph was doing, and he's becoming more adept at being able to read coverages and react. Yes, he gave up a big play, gave up the thirty yarder to McMath, and and the Cowboys secondary as a whole gave up you know two or three of those chunk plays, mm-hmm. but they clamped down when they needed to clamp down in the red zone near the red zone. Uh, and the, the thing I love about the the right interception. You know, obviously, it being his first of his career, that's always special. But there's a reason Dan Quinn and Joe Witt and Al Harris love these lengthy defensive mm-hmm. backs. It took every millimeter of Wright's wingspan to get that in. Um, so kudos to him because it's, it's starting to feel like Nishan Wright could be uh, more than serviceable in that mm-hmm. role going into the playoffs. And we were not. We didn't have that energy two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, that CB2 opposite your Huge Diggs, question. We were like, oh, boy. And there's still a question. I mean, there's plays like the one against McMath where it, I don't care if you think you have safety help over the top yeah, or not. There was seven yards of separation. <laughs> you can't get, you beat, can't that get beat that bad. No matter if and you have safety help or not. Move. That was just a go. It was just a straight just go. A go. Yeah, gotta be yeah. so it, there's, there's still growth to be had, but I said it last night. He's trending in the right direction, which oh, yeah. is the opposite of what you could say about his draft mate because you look at that 2021 draft class. Micah Parsons at the top, check mark. You got that one done. But then it's Kelvin Joseph. Also, Diggy Zoo has been good. He's coming along. Chauncey Golston, Nashawn Wright, Jabril Cox. Those are guys after the Micah Parsons pick that you could say haven't made the impact that you would anticipate. Last night, 
Jose de Gizhua played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chauncey Golston played well, played significant snaps at the three technique throughout the night. Nashawn Wright had his first pick, and Jabril Cox had the majority of most defensive work that he had all year long. So good night for the 2021 draft class outside of maybe Kelvin Joseph, who rarely saw the field, and when he did, he had a penalty had a on penalty. special teams. Like, so <sighs> It's a struggle it's right a now struggle. for Kelvin. Two, two things. Two, two penalties. penalties. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. Had the illegal block in the back, oh, and then he had the, the catch, uh, catch, catch interference. Yep. The like, fair catch interference. I think that puts him at seven. Is he just not, you know, paying attention? That's what we when we talk about coachability and, and being coachable. Like, what are you doing, man? He had some bright spots throughout the season, and then it just fell off a cliff again. Man. It just fell yeah, off a cliff. He's doing himself no favors. Yeah, he's confident. I mean, he he did himself no favors defensively in Jacksonville, but now going into this part of the season, December, Kelvin Joseph was able to hang his hat at least on special teams. Yeah. He was yeah. one of the better special teams guys. Yes, mm-hmm. he had the penalties, but he was one of the better special teams. He was getting down guys. the field. Yeah. And now, not so much, and you're still racking up penalties yeah. that help flip field position mm-hmm. in favor of the opponent. So a lot to figure out there for Kelvin Joseph. But uh when it comes to Nashawn Wright, this is this is a guy that I was high on um coming out of the draft and I felt like he he did need some development. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna sit here and say, oh I thought he'd step in and, and be able to make a play impact like Deron Bland. I, I didn't, but I did believe and I said this in training camp um on an episode of the break. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, we don't mention that show yeah. on this one. I, well, we got we got to give some love to number we don't, two. We don't give talk some, about give that some show love to number two every once in a while. Um, but I, I Wait, said number one. Oh, you know, you're, you're on it. You're sitting here. Yeah. You're, sitting, you're, sitting, you're sitting in it. You want to come full time? We'll, 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 we'll try and recruit you. Man, we got an open chair. Yeah, open you chair. guys are comics, man. Um, <laughs> but I did say in, in training camp, I believe that Nishan Wright has the ability to be a starter in the NFL eventually. And these types of circumstances where yeah. he's allowed to step in and show himself, mm-hmm. it just it proves that point. Yeah, it does. And there's growth still to be had, but a, a long way to go. If you really want to go up against the best, you got to beat yeah. the best. Tennessee wasn't the best. Nope. So no. So no. let's not get it twisted. Mm-hmm. He had a good game. Let's let's try and keep that momentum going as opposed to maybe trying to repeat it heading into the final week of the regular season and then, of course, into the playoffs. But when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, let's talk about the slow start from the offense. Is this something to be worried about or was it just another day at the office for the Cowboys? I don't know which one is more concerning. <laughs> don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Talking Cowboys. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, 
Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, James Wright is your 2022 Cowboys Fan of the Year. He brings the spice to every Cowboys game, and now he needs your help to bring him to the Super Bowl. Vote for James to be given the ultimate title of NFL Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan, by casting your vote at NFL.com slash Fan of the Year. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, Patrick Nosey Walker. We've got Barry Church in the yes, house. Sir. Yes, sir. Chris Beam in the back, Kyle Yeomans with you as always. Always, let's talk Dak Prescott. Okay. Final stat line last night: he had a couple touchdowns, couple interceptions to go along with it. Twenty-nine of forty-one passing, two hundred and eighty-two yards. Patrick, the the early parts of that game weren't pretty for Dak and the offense. It, it kind of pitter pattered. They went down. They scored on on their second drive of the game, I believe. Yep. Uh, they stalled down on the first, scored on the second. It was a nice, solid drive where you were able to run the football. Uh, but after that, it was Tough to run the ball against oh, this yeah. Tennessee front, which is not shocking mm-hmm. based off of the numbers going into it. But what was your biggest takeaway on how Dak responded uh, from the the lack of run and and some of those early turnovers? Well, here, here's the here's the R word again: resiliency. Yeah, it's the it's the R word. You talk about a, a guy who has a short term memory. Uh, and one that that owns the accountability, you know, even sometimes when the accountability is not on him. That first interception is one million percent on Peyton Hendershot. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I say that as, and you know, I'm huge Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson fan. But got to catch that ball. Rook, you've got to catch yeah, that yeah, ball. Yeah. That. Uh, it, it hits you in the numbers. It, it can't happen like that. Um, but the second one was one million percent accountable to Dak Prescott. Yes. Uh, we talked about it before the, the mics went hot. You can't make that throw. Uh, and if you're going to make that throw, it better damn well be in the one spot that it has to be. Uh, but it wasn't. And it was thrown a little bit behind Schultz and, you know, Bayard had his second interception. Um, but if you look at that second quarter, you know, those two interceptions were both in the second quarter. The, the botched snap that became a fumble that the Cowboys mm-hmm. lost, that was in the second quarter. The large majority of the mistakes for the offense uh, occurred in the second quarter. Cowboys and Dak Prescott, that offense, they went in at halftime, regrouped, came out in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. And and no, they didn't, you know, order the Indy special. Uh, ended up with 54 <laughs> points. But what they did was slowly start to walk away. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, they end up with a 14-point win. Dak Prescott ends up with two touchdowns. Um, CeeDee Lamb, again, another 100-yard game, his fourth in his last seven tries, 651 receiving yards and five touchdowns over the past seven games. He's he's basically playing out of his mind. <coughs> T.Y. Hilton um, was critical 
as a possession receiver this time. We saw him mm-hmm. last game, uh, third and 30, he showed he can still take the top off. Yeah. Okay, so what do the Titans and Vrabel do? They say, okay, well, let's make sure we don't allow Hilton to take the top off. Okay, well, Hilton's like, okay, I got the underneath as well. Yeah, it is. However you want it, I'm serving it up. So the offense has the weaponry. Uh, that weaponry has to, one, because they also had the drop. You talk about Noah Brown's drop, et cetera, et cetera. They were disjointed at times in the second quarter. But they they never got down on themselves. They got it together. And this is not the first time we've seen them um, shoot themselves in the foot, but then bandage it and end up winning the game. My my only concern is when are you going to stop shooting yourself in the foot? Yep. That's the only question because we've we've seen that they can do so and still win games, but you can do so and win games against the Colts and the Texans Mm -hmm. and the Titans without Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, so forth and so on. But can you do it in the playoffs against potentially Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. San Francisco. San, Franci- San Francisco, right? Yeah. So now is the time to learn these lessons, but soon cometh the time to deploy what you've learned. And, and we'll find out shortly in a couple weeks or so if the Cowboys are actually learning these lessons. Yeah, without a doubt. At the, at the end of the day, you know, this team has got to quit turning the football over. Fact. I mean, you're shooting yourself in the foot. We saw it last year with the penalties. The penalties were huge, and then when we got into the playoffs, I think we had four. 14 penalties against San Francisco, and that ended up shooting us in the foot. So you got to nip this in the bud before the playoffs start. But when you talk about this offense and slow starts, it, to me it always seems like when we don't have that running game clicking on all cylinders. And I understand we didn't have you know the home run threat and Tony Pollard out there, but when the running game is not clicking on all cylinders, this, this offense seems to sputter a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. It just doesn't have that balanced attack because I feel like when it's balanced, you get the best out of Dak Prescott mm-hmm. because it can hit you with that play action. But kudos to the Tennessee Titans. They did a great job stopping the run. I think they only they rushed it 32 times for only 87 yards. So Tennessee did a great job of stopping the run. But I think that kind of slowed this offense down as a whole. I mean, when you look at the numbers, Dak Prescott, 41 passes, that's a little bit too much for my liking. You know, I like him between that 30 and 35 range. And you got the running backs getting what they're getting. And I think that's more of a balanced approach, and you get the most out of this offense. But you look at it. You look at what T.Y. Hilton was able to do. And that's what I thought he was going to be able to do from the start. I thought he was going to be an extension of the coaching staff. Yeah. You know, and we've seen it. You know, Nate Newton talked about it yesterday on the pregame show about how he's, you know, basically – took C.D. Lamb under his wing and is showing him all the nuances of the game and taking his game to the next level. But I also thought T.Y. can be that second security blanket, kind of mm-hmm. similar to what Dalton Schultz is doing out there. You know he can take the top off. We've seen that in Philadelphia. But like you said, in this game, he took all the underneath stuff. And a know? lot of it on third down. And a lot of it on third I mean, those third down conversions critical. were critical. His ability to get it and have yak. You got another guy that can give you those yards after catch. You got C.D. Lamb and what he's able to do. But then you see T.Y. breaking a couple tackles here and there, converting on those third downs, which is huge. But to me, at the end of the day, if this offense is able to become balanced, well, they're balanced. When, they, when they're balanced, you get the most out of them. And last week, or yesterday, it was just one of those games where the running game wasn't going. Dak had to kind of will it with his arm out there. And that's not the best offense you're going to have. But they got the win at the end of the day, and that's all that matters. I, Thankfully I, for the Cowboys, that was one of the better run defenses they'll see oh yeah. from this point. Yeah, oh yeah they were top one. two in yeah. the league going so into go. this game for a reason. There you go. I think both of you guys bring up phenomenal points and also terrifying points at the same time. Uh, going back to what Patrick said about quarterbacks, you you beat Joshua Dobbs last night as a defense, and, and because of the, the mistakes on offense, you were able to overcome it. Here are the last guys you've beaten at quarterback. Josh Dobbs, Gardner Minshew, uh, Jeff Driscoll, I guess, you, uh, Davis, <laughs> Davis Mills, Mills uh, and then you had Matt Ryan, 
Daniel Jones, the last legitimate quarterback I think you could say you've beaten, was back in Week 11 against the Minnesota Vikings, and that was Kirk Cousins. Because mm. the four losses you've had, Trevor Lawrence, he's a legitimate quarterback. Yeah, he's that. a threat right now. That. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, he's Aaron Rodgers. Philadelphia in Week 6, Jalen Hurts, and then Tom Brady. So those are quarterbacks that you're going to have to beat the caliber of in the playoffs. And then going back to what Barry said, Last year, the red flag of this Cowboys team, the early foreshadowing of what was to come in the playoffs, was the penalties. Mm-hmm. Now the early red flag of what could be foreshadowing to come in the playoffs are these early turnovers. Yeah. If you can nip the turnovers, yep. you're going to have so much more success. Look at last week against Philadelphia. Mm. That was a team that you gave up the one turnover <laughs> against early on, and then you Nipped that completely. Didn't turn the rock over again, and you needed every single possession to get that done. So I agree with both of you guys. you got to be able to beat a good quarterback. You haven't had a chance to outside of maybe Trevor Lawrence two weeks ago, and you didn't do that. You, you, you'll probably not get it until the wild card round or the divisional round, wherever you you're end up going. You're not going to get it in Washington. Yeah, you're not going to get it in Washington. <laughs> so you you got to find a way to stop the turnovers. That's the biggest way heading into the playoffs, that you, you've got to try and improve this football team. 100%. And, I mean, you talk about the Philadelphia game. They spotted the Eagles 10 points uh, you know, mm-hmm. on your Slow own start. field. Yeah. You know, and, and like you said, you needed every possession. And, and I love that you said it that way because that's exactly what Dak Prescott said last night uh, when he was talking about the, the two interceptions. And, and he was basically like, you know, it's all about going back and making sure that both he and his receivers understand that when it comes to the playoffs, Every drive matters. Yeah. Every play matters. You're, Every single one. It's exponentially one. more difficult to make up for an interception because if, if you give you know the Eagles offense with Jalen Hurts under center two added possessions, you you lose that game by seven or ten points. Oh, yeah. uh, if you give Tom Brady added possessions, ask these teams that have had leads on Tom Brady going into the final drive of the game this season alone – the Brady magic is still there. So you got to make sure that when you can put teams away, you do put them away. But that red flag, the existence of it in and of itself tells me and just reinforces what I've said time and again. I've seen enough from this Cowboys team, this version of the Cowboys team, to believe wholeheartedly, and you could put any opponent in front of them. I believe that if they play mostly mistake-free football, they they beat every other team oh, in yeah. this league. The only oh, yeah. team that can defeat the Cowboys in 2022 has a star on their helmet. Ooh. Mm. You I agree like with that? that? I have to agree. Because there are good teams in the agree. NFL. Yeah. There really are. But it's so wide open that, I mean, it, this team can beat anybody. Yes. Except they can also beat themselves. Yes. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> you saw that against Minnesota. That's what proved it to me. And, oh, yeah. And Philadelphia, for that matter. Even though it was Gardner Minshew, both of those those games down the stretch showed me that you can beat anybody. However, Jacksonville showed me you could lose to anybody. It's Texans showed me you could lose to anybody. The Titans last night, you never trailed in that game, but it really felt like you could lose to anybody. For comfort, man. Yeah. They played with their food there. Well, let me ask y'all a question. You know, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. They did. They did. Let me ask y'all a question, man. So, you know, we, we understand with the offensively, but does it worry you a little bit that a guy like Joshua Dobbs came in eight days ago, was able to go out there, you know, 20 for 39, which he really should have been, you know, 25 for mm-hmm. something, 
put up 232 yards on the top. Does that scare you a little bit that this guy was able to put those type of numbers up and he was just there eight days ago against supposedly the strength of your team? I, I think it can, um, but I think it for me it, it goes back to the Cowboys just the past couple seasons so or so. Uh, mobile quarterbacks, you know, mm-hmm. Dobbs has the ability to move around and, you know, he has some speed and he has some escapability. And for the Cowboys, it's not so much as – letting Dobbs sit in the pocket and get those numbers. A lot of those yards came outside the pocket mm-hmm. when he was extending the play and he was keeping his eyes downfield. So for the Cowboys, that is, I'm not going to say a red flag, but it's definitely a yellow flag. They need to make sure that when you're going against some of these quarterbacks that aren't statues in, in the pocket, like Tom Brady's going to be a statue He'll be back a statue, there, yeah. right? Rodgers, he's more mobile than Brady, but he's not a Jalen Hurts, whatever, yeah. you know, and he's also dealing with a knee injury. And I know, ladies and gentlemen, I remember Rodgers with the knee and in Green Bay. I haven't forgotten. I get it. The calf, I believe it was a calf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he can still do it. But what my my main point is, with these mobile quarterbacks, these quarterbacks that have the escapability, Cowboys just need to figure out how to make sure that when the play is broken, that it doesn't end up in a chunk play for that opposing offense. If they can do that, then that yellow flag becomes green. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I I would agree with you. It's not a pure red flag. Yes. It's not a all stop. Oh my gosh, what's yeah. going wrong with this defense? I think it was more so just you didn't have a whole lot of film on the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the yeah. the last time he played in a competitive game was, was twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and outside of that, he was on the practice squad since twenty seventeen. So you didn't really know a whole lot about the guy. Josh Dobbs played well. He came yeah. in. This was his shot. You got to think about it from his perspective yeah. too. He's been in the league since 2017. He stuck around and waited for an opportunity. Finally, he gets picked up by a new team, by the way, in the same state that he played his collegiate football at, mm-hmm. went to the University of Tennessee. So he wanted to, to, to find a way to get this done. He wanted it more so than the Dallas defense wanted it. I don't think it was really a scheme thing. There were a couple times when I looked at it and I said, wow, that was a good play call. There were a couple times I looked at it and I was like, wow, Tennessee did not do themselves any favors here no. at all. <laughs> and then also Josh Dobbs was running for his life for 10 plays, like 10, you said. Through 39 passes, 10 of those he was pressured. So there was a, a good chance that, that this was a bit of an anomaly in that regard. It, it worries me in the fact that I don't want it to continue. Is this a norm for this Dallas defense? I don't necessarily think so. What do you think? I think I I like the point you made about the film. You know, as a defender, you know, we talked about it last night, but when you don't have film on somebody, especially a quarterback, you don't understand their strengths, you don't understand their weaknesses out there, you know, where they like to go on third down, who's their go-to target, you're kind of going out there on a blank slate. And I used to hate, you know, going against the guys where, oh, here comes the backup, you know, what what are we supposed to do? We just guessing at this point. What is this guy? And he has some athletic ability, so he's able to extend plays. You know, I think that was just a recipe for this defense to kind of be like, man, here here we go. And they had opportunities, you know, Draymond Diggs, he dropped that pick. That's a pick six. That's a pick six. He told me. You got to get those. We had him one on one. Did you see the interview? So we had him one on one for post game last night. You can go check it out on Cowboys game night. And I I asked him about the pick six. I said, what went through your head? He said, you know the the Michael Jordan crying (laughs) meme? (laughs) That's what went through my head. And I was like, all right. That's pretty solid because it would have been a. Oh, that's pick six. Sure, house call. Easy money. Done. Lots to, to, to pick at and to talk on, but we're running out of time. So when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we're gonna give our uh, we're gonna give our helmet stickers. Barry Church gets to be a part of the helmet hey, stickers hey, hey, for the first time. It's Cowboys hey, Victory hey. Friday. We'll give the smelly stickers out when we come back right after this.
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Dak Prescott is this year's Cowboys nominee for the 2022 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide, recognizing NFL players for outstanding community service off the field and excellence on the field. You can help Dak earn a $25,000 donation to his Faith Fight Finish Foundation by voting on Twitter. You can tweet or retweet the hashtag WPMOYChallenge, followed by Dak Prescott through January 8th. Vote Dak right now on Twitter. Back here with Talking Cowboys, Barry Church, mm-hmm. Patrick No C. Walker, Kyle sure. Yeomans. We've got Chris Beam running everything in the back. It's time now for our weekly tradition. At least a weekly tradition is what it feels like. They've had 12 wins this year. Yes, sir. It's our 12th day of giving mm. out helmet stickers, the scratch and sniffs, okay. the smelly stuff uh, for okay. our players of the game. We're going to let Patrick start things off. Okay. Let BC kind of scope this out a little see bit. See what y'all got going on. See what's on. going on. But right. Patrick, no see Walker, get us started. So I'm going to go with two mangoes. Now this is, this is going to be levels, right? Because just significance for two. Okay. I'm giving these two mangoes to Dalton Schultz. Mm. One, because Dalton Schultz had two tutties mm. in helping the Cowboys offense bounce back from a very bad second quarter to get to, to avoid the upset and get the win in Tennessee. But even better, if you look at these closely, you see there's a big mango and a small mango. Mm. When Dalton Schultz climbed that ladder mm. – mm. And then turned around and looked down 
and the defender, and basically saying you're you're not get, you're, you're too little, you're too Ooh. small. That's what this looks like. This is Dalton Schultz looking down at the defender, like get big, mm. get big, mm. drink your milk, mm. drink your <laughs> milk. milk, drink your milk. <laughs> so yes, Dalton Schultz, two touchdowns to help the Cowboys bounce back. I love it. Very nicely done. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Okay. So I've got this little macaroon here. It is a blue macaroon. And this, in my opinion, macaroons are one of the most underrated desserts out there, sweets out there. It's super underrated. I love macaroons. I think they're delicious. What's your, you like macaroons, Barry? No, I'm not a fan. See, exactly. Underrated. (laughs) I think Dante Fowler Jr. has been about as underrated as anybody off of that Cowboys defense. There were back-to-back plays where he was all over Joshua Dobbs, Mm -hmm. had a huge pressure, forced an incompletion. The next play, what did he do? Came right back and forced a fumble on a strip sack. It was recovered by Dallas early on. I think Dante Fowler Jr. is about as underrated as it gets on that defense side of the football and if he can continue playing at the rate that he's been playing at he may play uh, a big role heading into the playoffs so i'm gonna give him a nice little macaroon for being underrated i've got a i've got a second one coming up after bc too got two of them things going on all right all right well uh since this is my first time putting one of these stickers on a helmet i'm gonna go ahead and uh give these two little cherries right here Mm -hmm. one of my favorite uh fruits out here i'm gonna give these two little cherries to my boy mr right right all right you know the DB had to take the DB, so <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give this sticker to Mr. Wright. He was able to get his first career interception out there in great fashion. Like yeah. Pat told, talked about, he had to use each and every inch of that wingspan to go up there and get a pick against Joshua Dobbs. Hopefully we see more of that to come from Mr. Wright, but the guy's starting to play well. He's starting to fill into that number two yes, cornerback sir. spot, and I love what I'm seeing. He's cherry-picking. He's cherry-picking. Yeah. 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 You, you see man. it? Yeah. I like what you did. Yeah. I'm on it. We've, oh, we've been around these stickers for way too long. Yes, indeed. All right, so Patrick enacted some some admin ability last week and gave an extra one. So I'm going to do it this week. I've got two more macaroons. I'm all oh, about the macaroons today. Back. Go. <laughs> this is this is a pair of macaroons, and one of them has been a, a bigger role, the other one in a smaller role. However, they both have made an impact. And that's C.D. Lamb and T.Y. Hilton yes, in the wide receiver sir. room. C.D. Lamb, his third straight game. With 100 yards, he's now also the third player in Cowboys history to have 100 receptions in a single season, joining Michael Irvin and Jason Witten. Mike did it in 95. Witten did it in 2011. CeeDee Lamb in 2022. And then I like what T.Y. Hilton's doing on third down. Oh, you love it. Talk about a reliable target. He has been valuable for this Cowboys team. And not to mention the pairing of the two of them, three for three and getting at least one of those two guys into a 100-yard game. That's uh, that's CeeDee Lamb. So I'm going to put the macaroons going three for three with macaroons. Cowboys getting the win, 27-13 over the Tennessee Titans. Barry, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a pleasure, man. If you ever get tired of the Players' Lounge, just come on up here. Just come slide over here. Yeah, slide on in. I mean, I like the time slot, too. I was about to say, you get it out of the way. It is. (laughs) We've got an open chair. Do we need to recruit you? Open recruiting? We'll see. You know, free agency starts at the end of the season. NIL deals. See how it goes on. Those tea times a little bit later in the day. Yes, sir. You know it's huge. Hey, there you go. Tea time. already 
leaning towards it, man. Uh huh. Oh, man, that's tough. I like this. We go can make we can make something work. You're Derek, leaning, go ahead and fall. <laughs> Derek, we're gonna get in touch with your people and, and get in touch with B- D- BC's people. All there right, we go <laughs> for Barry Church, for Patrick Nosey Walker, for Chris Beam. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Thanks for having some fun with us this week. We'll be back on Monday with more Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!